Hi, it's producer Chris from The Bugle here. Did you know that I have a new series of my podcast, Richie Firth Travel Hacker, out now? It's the show where Richie Firth and I talk about how to make travel better in our very special way. In this series, we discuss line bikes, Teslas, the London Overground, and a whole bunch of other random stuff that possibly involves wheels or tracks or engines of some variety. God, what a hot sell this is. I mean, you 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 must be so excited. Listen now. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. This is a podcast from The Bugle. With music and words I've been playing, for you I have written a song. To be sure that you know what I'm saying, I'll translate as I go along. Welcome to The Gargle, an audio glossy magazine that pull out sex flex and tech entertainment to the Bugle's serious news business audio paper for a visual world. And the fact that I've just called The Bugle serious news shows how far from reality you can drift in these algorithm-driven, truth-siloed, confirmation-biased times. Your contributing editors this week are Tom Neenan and James Colley. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. So let's have a look at the front page this week. Our front page this week, our cover model is Benedict Cumberbatch and Tom Hiddleston in blue suits at Wimbledon. The headline reads, and also some people played sport. (laughs) Other headlines include Shakari Richardson, any opinion you have will be a manifestation of American cultural imperialism or racism in some way, maybe both. And free Britney in every edition. Yes, the Britney conservatorship is minting NFTs so you too can know what it feels like to treat an artist as your personal property. The satirical cartoon this week is a pile of sexy climate scientists dripping crude oil on themselves with the headline, things are heating up, and the sub-headline, what if we try this now, does this work? One of them is using both hands to mime eating out a flaming hole in the ocean. And that brings us to the inside of the magazine number one section this week is our tech section. Uh, this is our, our, our first story is how you can lose your job via an app, a necessary prerequisite to the ultimate state of affairs where your Apple Watch will buzz you when your wife has left you. Uh, Tom, have you been following this story? Yes, uh, with a great interest because I think we can all agree that Amazon employees have had it too good for too long. They've got everything. They've got a job that has a lot of physical exercise and a lot of them even have their own bottle to pee in. So to be honest, now they're just now they're just complaining about anything. And what they're complaining about is, like you say, this app, which will let them know when they've been fired. I don't know what it's called, the app, 
But if they haven't thought of sack chat, then I'd be curious. <laughs> when I was a temp, we didn't have an app like that. We just had a lady called Julie and she would like spy <laughs> on you, basically. She would check on you if like time you while you're in the toilets. Uh, and so on my last day, I got my own back on Julie because rather than saying I was leaving for the day, um, I said, just popping to the loo. Um, so I hope she's still there to this day, timing me and waiting for me to come out. Uh, that was my final revenge. Um, yes, it's an example of, of how, we're, how we're living in a dystopia right now. And it's not, it looks quite nice outside. But yeah, this is definitely a dystopia. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, James Colley? Yeah, I, I remember being a kid and back then the idea that robots were going to do all of our jobs was a good thing. I don't understand how we got to this point where it is so very, very bad. I, I do feel this is appropriate payback for all the times I texted in that I was sick because that is a new level of lazy when you can't even be bothered making up the voice for the, oh, I just feel so crook today call. But it is horrifying to me to imagine a robot middle manager, like a robot programmed to be rapidly balding but trying to hide it, a robot that can only feel one emotion and it's an inappropriate and unwanted longing for a colleague. That is the scariest Terminator I can imagine. Oh, all the Terminator wanted was hugs. <laughs> that film would have been over a lot quicker. <laughs> Judgment Day is done in HR. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of persons and robots, uh, a bunch of Alexas have sued Amazon because of Alexa. Uh, James Colley, do you know this story? I mean, obviously, Siri's aren't suing because the only Siri I know is Siri Cruz, who's the daughter of Katie Holmes and Tom Cruise, and she has more serious issues than people asking her for directions to the nearest gas station. <laughs> but how do you feel about this Alexa situation? Well, this actually really hit home for me because... Well, sit back and I'll let you know. <laughs> this really hit home for me because, as you know, my partner and I are expecting our first child in a few months. And I had always wanted to name my firstborn OK Google. It's my grandmother's name. I believe it's Polish. It means <laughs> she who takes your data. Uh, but this, this story has given us real pause. So we've settled on our second choice, Prime. It might not be ethical, but we'll get an express delivery. <laughs> Which is all you can want. Uh, it's all you want when you're giving birth these days. Snappy, quick and snappy. Uh, let me connect with the infinite chain of motherhood back into eternity, ideally in under 12 hours <laughs> and with access to medication. Tom, tell us your thoughts on Alexa. Uh, we've seen all this before, obviously, with, you know, back in the early 2000s with all the kids called Jeeves. Um, and now it's just sort of, <laughs> it's come around again. Obviously, it's tricky. So my advice would be if you um, if you're worried about sort of giving your child a name that then becomes, you know, mematic, is that the word? Uh, then I just say name your child after something that's already gone out of fashion. Uh, thinking Bebo, uh, Pog or, uh, you know, go the whole hog COVID. Um, that way... <laughs> Look, Quibi is safe forever. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Call your child Little Quibby. It's a little quick bite, and uh, it's gonna it's gonna have a lovely life. I bet you, and it'll probably hopefully it'll survive longer than Quibby did. Yeah, it'll be a short life, but it'll be powerful. Yeah, <laughs> I can make those jokes. I uh, I, I wrote on a Quibby show uh, for eight seconds, so uh, so yes, <laughs> I've earned the right to make fun of it. And there is a breaking news story in our tech section. Uh, and it's a, it's a breaking news story, uh, mainly because I think I might have manifested it into the world uh, via, the, via the process of writing jokes about it. And uh, that is 
Yandex and Grubhub, Hub, Yandex is a, a Russian company and Grubhub is an American company, are launching food delivery robots on 250 U.S. college campuses. Essentially, uh, these little drone bots are going to bring your food to you. It's basically a lunchbox strapped to a Roomba driven by Russian military technology, and it's given me an existential crisis. Uh, have either of you boys been following this story at all? I, I love this story. It I think this is what happens to a washed-up Mars rover when it comes back to Earth and it can't get any work. Like, it's a celebrity for a month. <laughs> it goes on James Corden and fires a laser into his chest, but soon there's a new flavour of the month and it's struggling to pay for the jacuzzi it bought when it thought the good times would last forever. <laughs> I think if these are to exist, they should come with one proviso, which is their fair game. If you can catch them, the food is yours. Which is a rule that I also have with delivery drivers, but it's much more morally questionable. Although, I have watched enough American screwball comedies to know how this ends. It's The robot starts out studious, wanting to do deliveries in the big city, excited to go to college, gets picked on by a big fraternity, hangs out with the nerds, shows up the big fraternity in a series of escapades that go from morally questionable to outright crimes, and then parties the night away until tragically its first sip of beer fries all of its circuits. <laughs> if this is indeed what happens to a Mars rover when it returns home, it is a true manifestation of the American system's inability to deal with its returning veterans. And as such, <laughs> I do want to watch that movie. I must say, it's absolutely delightful, though, but like, uh, as someone who regularly is not proud of their food orders, um, I am going to welcome a delivery service that does not come with judgment. Uh, as someone who has genuinely once ordered 12 poppadoms and four onion bargees and nothing else, uh, and <laughs> to see the person handing over the bag look at me like, you are, you are disgusting. Uh, the <laughs> fact that there will now be no judgment attached to your deliveries, I, I, I welcome this uh, and uh, I salute our, our new robot overlords. Tom, can I tell you the worst thing I've ever done in my life, oh, no. which was... Um, Early coming into, uh, I had just moved, I was living alone, bachelor life, I was drinking alone as well because things were going great. <laughs> and I ordered far too much delivery and as a joke, wrote in the special instructions in all caps, DON'T LOOK AT ME! <laughs> and then there's a buzz at the door and someone is working their way up the stairs with their arm over oh, their eyes holding goodness. a bag out. And I felt like garbage, but I was also like, well, that is very convenient. <laughs> I can't compete with that, but I did once, I got carried away with myself and a delivery driver um, handed over the food and it came to uh, £16. I handed over a £20 note and said, uh, K the C. And the delivery driver was like, what does that mean? And I was like, I just, for some reason, I've made up some slick slang for keep the change. Uh, and now whenever I order food, my friends will go, are you going to ask them to K the C now? So that, yeah, I, once again, I think we're on very, yeah, we're going we're to get along. This is uh, very similar. Particularly approaches. if it's KFC. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's just another layer of confusion. K the C, I'll keep the F. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but I mean, food deliveries without judgment are a bit of a, a long call because it's not just the drone delivering your food that can judge you. It's also the number of utensils they leave in the bag <laughs> when you've ordered what you think is enough for one and they think is enough to feed a family of four chopsticks. <laughs> well, that's all the time we have for our tech section today. Now it's time for your ads. Your ad section now because you can't be what you can't buy. Are your illicit drugs masculine enough? Does being penetrated by the smack needle make you feel... Less like you can fix a car and protect your family than you hoped it would. You need brocaine. It's cocaine 
for men. <laughs> and this episode of the podcast is brought to you by the planet's smallest, cutest breed of penguin, the little penguin. Native to Australia and New Zealand, the little penguin stands at a teeny tiny 33 centimetres tall and weighs less than a 12-week-old kitten. Little penguins, because killer whales need tapas too. <laughs> And if you're tired of spilling meal after meal after meal after meal on your lap or the floor, try using a table. A table is your new four-legged friend. It's like a dog, but when you stack too many things on it, it doesn't whimper. The table. It's a chair for your food. <laughs> this podcast is brought to you by eHarmony, the dating app to find someone you can be yourself with. Why doesn't eHarmony allow copy and paste in first messages? Because you are unique and your conversations should reflect that. eHarmony wants you to find someone who will get you. How are you going to know who gets you? If people send you the same generic conversation starters, they message everyone else. Conversations that actually help you get to know each other. Imagine that. Get who gets you on eHarmony. Sign up today. Give them a gift they'll never forget, because they'll still have it years later. American Giant makes clothes that just keep getting better with age, like their iconic full-zip hoodie that's designed to last for decades. Because a gift they'll wear for years is a gift that keeps on giving. So be a gift-giving giant this holiday season at American-Giant.com and get 20% off your first order when you use code GRATEFULAG23. That's 20% off your first order at American-Giant.com. Code GRATEFULAG23. Section two, animal section. This is the most plumbing story we have. A snake in the plumbing jumped out of the plumbing to bite someone on the plumbing. James Colley, tell us about this classic snake meets dick story. Mm -hmm. It's a classic boy meets snake on his privates, yes. <laughs> uh, well, this happened to an Austrian man. And as an Australian, it took me about four reads to accept that this happened to an Austrian man. Does this sound like cultural <laughs> appropriation to anyone else? That, that is absolutely our thing. I was also surprised to discover this was a python. And pythons aren't really the bitey type. They're the constricty type, which I imagine would be a much nicer feeling until it's absolutely not. And then the next thing you know, you're having to come up with an excuse the vet will believe. <laughs> also, this man apparently kept 11 snakes and a gecko in his house, or should I say 11 snakes and their breakfast, yet couldn't be identified <laughs> For the media. So if you are in this <laughs> tiny town in Austria, it's probably the other guy you know with 11 snakes and a gecko. <laughs> and the, the other detail I really, really enjoyed in this story was that it was an albino snake. So there is every chance it wasn't so much an attack as the snake was overjoyed to finally meet another of its kind. <laughs> Well, this isn't the kind of story you expect to read uh, in the city of Graz in Austria. But this man, the the, the, the victim of this uh, reptile crime, uh, he sat... The story that... The bit of the story that bothers me is that he sat down on the lavatory shortly after 6am. And to me... There's something wrong with that. Like, at what has he gone for a walk? Has he had a coffee? At what time did this man wake up? That the I mean, it's not the first thing you do in the day. I don't know if it is. Maybe it is. I don't. I I find this confronting, and and not just for the for the snake bites dick part of the story. Um, Tom, the detail I found uh, sort of most intriguing was that the quote that he said, which was um, he felt just a pinch in the genital area, which I think is showing off. It's like oh, I, I barely even. Belly, but I think anyone else would be like this. This enormous creature wrapped its fangs around me. To him, it's, it just feels like a pinch. So I think I think that's showing off. Personally, 
Also, I'm sorry, I'm just going to come out and say it. This man's neighbour is trying to kill him. Like, his neighbour owns venomous snakes and they somehow found their way into the plumbing and somehow ended up in this man's toilet. I think, I think we're going to hear more stories about this, this 65-year-old from, uh, from Austria and all the attempts on his life by his neighbour. Uh, I think that same snake is going to turn up in his fridge. It's going to turn up in his bath. Um, I'm scared for him, I'll be honest. Like, clearly this is an attempt on his life and he's just treating it like it's a, it's a novelty story. I wish him well. Well, sometimes these, the questions that they ask reveal the answer in the question. Uh, the police force made, this, made a statement about this attack that the animals in the um, reptile fan's home mm. generally, quote, live in terrariums and drawers that the man installed himself, going on to say, up to now it is unclear how the snake was able to escape. It's because the man built the bloody terrarium. No one can build a terrarium. Like, what do you... No one can spell terrarium, no. let alone build a hermetically sealed terrarium that your albino python can't crawl out on when it's a bit nibblish for dick. And also, you're acclimatising it to underwear. If it's staying in drawers all the time, yeah. it's going to end up in some drawers. <laughs> I really hope that man gets burgled and the burglars get some really unfortunate surprises when they're rifling through his, uh, his cupboards. <laughs> <laughs> James, I have to applaud you for being the only person in this uh, podcast who hasn't lived in England. That was the most, like, lame attempt at British, like, naughty pun <laughs> style like, comedy that I've seen. <laughs> You're a native. There is another animal section story here. James, you're our correspondent for Nude Guitaristing. Uh, can you tell us a bit more about this? Uh, so this is a story of Australia once again making international headlines as a half-naked guitarist in South Australia was arrested shredding his guitar in his driveway. There's an artist beautifully named Sublet Hammer who went out to his own driveway and played a rhapsody that his... <laughs> <laughs> neighbours enjoyed so much they decided to invite the police along to listen to it as well. <laughs> I at first had a lot of sympathy for Mr. Sublet Hammer because I thought, well, we're in lockdown right now and maybe he is in lockdown as well. I can see this being quite a kind thing going out, playing some music for your neighbours. And then I realised South Australia is not in lockdown. This is just a South Australian being South Australian. <laughs> that said, I, I have, as Alice, you have as well, performed in South Australia a number of times. <laughs> and if I could get seven people showing up to my gig, even if they're all police, <laughs> that's quite a good showing for me. Well, this is an incredible story because uh, the headline reads Half Naked Man. And you've got to assume... Uh, that they mean topless man, but if they mean topless man, why don't they say topless man? <laughs> Which half is naked? Yeah, the risk of the half naked. I, I think the worst case scenario is down the middle, right? <laughs> is uh, clothed down the middle. Um, but no, this. I, I think he was only also from the pictures which I've studied, uh, uh, not too intently. He is. Uh, he's only wearing pants, so I'd say that's like he's he's. 10% clothed, personally. I think half is, is generous. Yeah, that is that is more than half naked. That's a, that's 90% naked, almost entirely yeah, yeah. naked. Uh, and if you're, <laughs> if you're wearing your guitar at the right angle, then it looks like you're naked until you uh, turn sideways. Mm. I once uh, saw a lady on a bus who I thought was nude hiding behind a big backpack, but she was just wearing a boob tube and short shorts. <laughs> uh, but I spent about 25 minutes trying to figure out why there was a nude lady on the bus and why no one was worried about it. <laughs> I am... 
so envious of this man's like pure confidence and selfishness to some degree because like again like we're in lockdown right now i had considered getting myself a basketball hoop so i could have some fun to play out the back of our place and i was like well that would cost the sanity of everyone else within a two mile (laughs) radius whereas this guy's like you know what screw it i'm taking the amp onto the driveway (laughs) and you are going to listen to me whether you like it or not well i i i sort of um I don't know if this is something that you can relate to because I'm in lockdown at the moment. I've just been noticing a lot of men sitting alone in their cars and I feel like either I'm under some sort of level of surveillance or there's a lot of men in lockdown who just need a minute in their car. (laughs) It's a really really comfortable seat, got your tunes, got aircon, wonderful place to sit. (laughs) I wonder if uh, Sublet Hammer will ever upgrade to Freehold Hammer. (laughs) You have to look at the terms of the original lease yeah. to see whether that's even allowed. He actually does need a bond right now, too. <laughs> Football. That's very funny, James. That's all the time we have for our animal section now, because now it's time for our reviews. Both our illustrious co-editors on this episode have brought in something to review. Uh, Tom, what have you brought us uh, today? I have brought in running. Oh, delightful it's great for getting fit and getting away um and i I, i've experienced it recently now sometimes it's known as jogging or fleeing and um (laughs) as far as i'm concerned it it can't be beaten in terms of you know going over a distance quickly without any kind of external propulsion there are sort of upsides and downsides obviously uh running uh on a treadmill releases endorphins uh, whereas running on the street releases outdoorfins. Anyway, um, and running in Street Fighter releases her door kids. Uh, oh, no. All true, all true. No. Um, <laughs> there are downsides. It can be hazardous. I was out running this morning and I was nearly run over, uh, which is when someone steps out in front of you and says, this run is now over. <laughs> and you have to walk home in sweaty shorts. Um, but overall, I think it's good. Um Obviously, a run as well is something, the only thing you can do to both a, a bath and a, and a company. I just think about that, you can, you can liquidate both as well. But anyway, I, I've just tried running. You could be nude in both as well. Oh, that is very true. <laughs> that is true. You'll probably and last... sexually inappropriate as well. <laughs> uh, both, you'll probably last longer in the bath and the company, but that, that is true. That is 100% true. I, uh, I enjoy it. I'm going to give it four stars. Excellent. Uh, and James Colley, what have you brought us in to review? I've brought in the German language. Uh, being in lockdown, I decided to pick up a new hobby. I wanted to learn a language, which is huge for me because it took about 30 years to get any kind of a grasp on English. So I've got one week to really work this one out. And I thought, <laughs> you know, what's an unproblematic culture for a young white man in isolation to delve deeply into? And I picked <laughs> German. I've been reading a book about the history of Germany and I'm only about halfway through, but I've got to tell you, they're going from strength to strength. This thing is really picking up. And so far, I only know the only parts of the language I understand is I know how to book a hotel, which I can't because I can't leave the country, and book into a restaurant, which I can't because I can't leave the house. But there are bits of it that I love. I love that to say the time, you say a number and then, ooh, ah, because it sounds like you're cheering on each hour. Ah, ein, ooh, ah. And I love that the word for bill at a restaurant literally translates to the reckoning, because that's how it feels to me. <laughs> can I please have the reckoning for what I have just done to your fine establishment? So I would say, German, four stars, so far, so good. Dankeschön. 
What does that mean? <laughs> <laughs> That's all the time we have for our, our review section because now it's time for our food section. Uh, this food section is the triumph of, of a robot chef uh, the new Disney movie that's going to come out within the next four or five years. This is a, a French robot pizza chef who can turn out 80 pizzas an hour. Uh, Tom Neenan, you've said you've ordered too much takeaway. Tell oh, us yes. about this story. <laughs> yes, uh, as you pointed out, obviously, most of the work isn't done actually by the robot, but the uh, the tiny rat that lives underneath the robot's hat, uh, <laughs> this big French. Um, but uh, no, it's it's it, uh, it's exciting. Um, I, I, I'd be very surprised. I think from what I understand, it's a, it's a piece of technology that was created by the evil Dr. Oetker, uh, him of the frozen pizza fame. And um, I... <laughs> I think they'll be missing a trick if they don't. If the the, the tagline for their um, for their robot pizzas isn't uh, just like motherboard used to make, um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm doing the uh, I'm doing the sort of Italian chef uh, fingers there. But um, but yeah, no, it's a great story. Um, uh, it, it resonates for me because obviously French pizza robots was the name of my ska band, um, and uh, it, I, I, it was a very exciting story until I found out just now that it's been sacked by the Amazon app. So, uh, that's, <laughs> so that's sad. sad. Yeah. It's so sad. But I mean, I, this is a really interesting story because, again, it's an intersection of cultures that you don't normally expect uh, to work together. You know, you'd sort of expect a, a food production robot to be somewhere high tech like, I don't know, Japan. It's the kind of thing that that would happen there. But in France, it's happening. And you'd, you'd imagine that the culinary culture of, of, of France with its high art cuisine would be outraged by the introduction of a robot chef, but this is a robot pizza chef, and no one gives a f about cheap pizza. <laughs> so, I mean, this is the thing: nobody is 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 really wanting the human touch on their cheap pizza. You know, if you can make if you're if you're an establishment that makes eighty pizzas an hour, the last thing you want is the kind of person who would make eighty pizzas an hour <laughs> touching your pizza. <laughs> I have a friend who used to work in a, a, a Domino's pizza place, and he would go surfing, and he told me a story once that uh, he'd been surfing in the morning and he'd gone into work at Domino's and he was stirring the dough and he leaned over the dough and a bunch of salt water came out of his nose and he just kept stirring the dough but added slightly less salt. So I feel like that is the kind of incident that a pizza robot would prevent. James? I think he nailed it in one. I, I do love that this is a French robot that makes pizzas because that feels like a diss, doesn't it? You know, like our cuisine <laughs> requires the greatest chefs and years of training. Your cuisine, uh, we'll build a Furby with a spatula attachment. <laughs> <laughs> a robot pizza chef cranking out 80 pizzas an hour is a game changer, specifically for me, because it used to be when I was prank calling pizza places with a massive fake order, you could only do one a night. Now, every other hour, Mr. IP Freely is having a get together and needs 80 pizzas and a small diet coke the part of this i hate <laughs> is that i think firstly i think the name pazzy p-a-z-z-i is an absolute waste particularly as my favorite mathematics fact is that a pizza of depth a and radius z has a volume equal to pi z-z-a and why would you not use something like that in the robot world <laughs> and also this doesn't solve the central problem with pizzas what we need is a robot that can see 80 people and get one order. No, Jerry, you can't go half and half. Be decisive for once in your life. This is why Margaret left you. <laughs> I always thought the central problem with pizza was the middle bit's a bit squishy. <laughs> Does it still deliver the tiny, uh, the tiny uh, mouse uh, tables that come in takeaway pizzas as well? Otherwise, there's no point. Is there a robot that can make garlic bread? 
Because I'm going to need both. This is the thing. I feel like pizza is one of these interesting cuisines where, like, the best pizzas are made with, like, this great intensity and labour of love and the worst pizzas are something that you would wish on your worst enemy. The worst pizza I think I've ever had, there was at my university, there was one, there was a a pizza place in the halls of residence and it was was the worst pizza any of us had ever eaten and yet there was nowhere else to go. So over the course of about two years, our standards gently lowered to the point where I think we would have eaten your friend's uh, nose salt pizza uh, after that and thought it was the finest piece of uh, uh, food we've ever eaten in our lives. Don't worry, we're not friends anymore. We're now enemies. So that's all. <laughs> because that was your pizza, right? That was... <laughs> that's all the time we have for our food section. Uh, now we have a brief pull-out section. Celebrities with massive age gaps that will surprise you. Is Harry Styles' rumoured fling with long-dead Egyptian lady pharaoh Hatshepsut an expression of his impeccable feminism? Or as problematic as the age gap in Twilight? And you've got within you atoms from the Big Bang. How does it feel to be f***ing the universe even when you're not thinking about sex at all? And that's all the time we have for our pull-out section, because now it's time for our auto section, Flying Cars News. James Colley, what is happening with this story? Oh, I hate this story, Alice, if I'm <laughs> honest. This is the one I really do not enjoy. because Look, this they are purporting to have a flying car. This is Honda. They say it will be out there by 2030. It's done its first test flight. Now, this thing is only good for a plot device in a Fast and the Furious film. And <laughs> we we need to stop with this madness. We have flying cars. They're called planes. This is not a flying car. It's an ugly plane. This looks like a <laughs> forbidden romance happened in the back of a hangar. I don't, I don't understand what this fixes. People imagine that a flying car will be the trick to beating traffic, but you forget that other people have flying cars too. You're not beating the traffic. You're making it three-dimensional. I hate this car. I want to ground this car. <laughs> well, I mean, I can, you, you know how bad road rage gets. Can you imagine air rage? I just I feel like adding an extra dimension to a road rage would only worsen matters just being dive-bombed by f***heads who think you're in their way. Uh, you think the rivalry between bikes and cars is bad. Wait till you get witches and air cars. That's Tom, have you been following this story? I have. My, my only concern is that does that mean that you, that you have to clap every time it lands? Um, because <laughs> doing that on your own will be a very sad, uh, very sad activity indeed. Yeah, no... I mean, I suppose we sort of have been prepped for this. Uh, I don't know if you've ever ordered an Uber um, and -hmm. then the app has sort of updated and it's sort of for a moment, uh, the car sort of drifts, the little icon car that you get sort of drifts over the map and appears to kind of just fly across uh, various buildings. I think that was sort of subconsciously then prepping us for this. Um, Although, uh, you know, the great thing about an Uber is that you can sort of just say, you know, if you're not enjoying the ride, just say, oh, just, I'll just hop out here. Whereas that, that will be compromised when you are, you know, a thousand feet in the air. Yeah, I just feel like this is a, a sign that we shouldn't be doing this. <laughs> I, just, I think the moment someone's trying to invent a, a flying car is the moment that you go, okay, let's just start again. <laughs> That's all the time we have for our stories today. We're coming up to the ads section at the back of the magazine, languidly leaning teens advertising things that you can't quite identify. Is it the handbag or the perfume? 
It just smells like paper to me. Stop smelling the magazine. James, have you got anything to plug? Uh, if you are in Australia, I would say please keep an eye on the ABC on Wednesdays at 8.30. We have something coming up in a few weeks that is about to be announced. It'll be very fun. If you're not in Australia, it's geo-blocked, so please do not listen to the last couple of sentences. <laughs> um, otherwise, as I always like to put on this, uh, a quantum of science on Instagram is where I collect all of my favorite, very, very silly science headlines, and I only ever plug it on here. So if you're following it, you are a amongst friends. Tom Neenan, have you got anything to plug? Uh, I, I just put all of my nonsense thoughts onto Twitter on at T Neenan, and if I have anything else to plug subsequently, I will no doubt put it there, because I, uh, like everyone else, can't drag myself away from Twitter. Yes, I, I also have Twitter, uh, and this is the thing about Twitter, even if you don't use Twitter, you just have an account but you don't really use it, it is worth following your favourite acts uh, and supporting them because unfortunately people do get hired on the basis of that kind of arbitrary number. So uh, go out there and follow uh, and support everybody. I'm uh, at Alliterative on Twitter and Instagram, that's A-L-I-T-E-R-A-T-I-V-E or follow me on patreon.com slash Alice Fraser, one-stop shop for all of my stand-up specials, podcasts and blogs as well as my weekly Tea with Alice salons to which you are invited. The editor of this podcast is Ped Hunter. The executive producer is Chris Skinner. This is a Bugle podcast and Alice Fraser production. I'll talk to you next week. You can listen to other programs from The Bugle, including The Bugle, The Last Post, Tiny Revolutions and The Gargle, wherever you find your podcasts. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. Hi, I'm Jesse Cruikshank. Jesse Cruikshank. I host the number one comedy podcast called Phone a Friend. Girl, let's phone a friend. Not only do I break down the biggest stories in pop culture with guests like Dan Levy and members of InSync, I do it with my own personal boy band singing jingles throughout. Because it's my show. It's your show, girl. New episodes of Phone a Friend. Yeah. Drop Thursdays wherever you get your podcasts. So work it, girl. Yeah, work it. Okay, that's enough. Acast helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. Acast.com. <laughs>